Nothing you hear in this program constitutes investment advice. It is an expression of opinion only. This is Frisbees, Bulls and Bears. Talking money and markets. What's happening and why. We talk to the experts, the traders, the investors and the companies they're investing in. You're listening to Frisbees, Bulls and Bears with Dominic Frisbee. Hello and welcome to Frisbee's Bulls and Bears with me, Dominic Frisbee. A reminder that you can subscribe to the show by clicking on the subscribe via email button on the left-hand side of your screen. And then every time I upload a new show, you will be notified in your email inbox. And that's the only email you'll receive. I'm sitting in Claridge's in central London with Hugo Salinas-Price. Hugo was the CEO of Mexico's Electra Retail Group, which is now run by his son, Ricardo. And Electra is part of Grupo Salinas, which have interests in telecommunications, media and retail stores. And among them, TV Azteca, Usacel, Unifon and Banco Azteca. Hugo's now retired and he is focused on the reinstitution of silver money, to circulate in Mexico in parallel with the present peso fiat money system. Hugo, what a pleasure it is to be talking to you. Thank Um, you. I'm delighted to be here with you. Uh, I, I, I listened to your presentation yesterday at the Sound Money Conference and I thought it was uh, absolutely terrific. And you explained uh, to us Brits how we should reintroduce silver as money in the UK. And uh, so why don't you tell us how on earth we're going to do that? Well, it's really quite simple. Uh, I must say that simple things are the sometimes very hard to arrive at, you know. But anything that is going to be important in human life has to be simple. Anything that is complicated is not likely to achieve much success. If something is going to be part of daily life, it has to be something simple. And that is the, the beauty of the silver as money is that it is something simple and the process to turn silver into money is quite simple uh, first I'll tell you how it, ha- it it would have to be done here in the UK and the same process would uh, would apply to any place in the world it would be uh, it could be done in I'm trying to get it done in Mexico and it may happen and I'm trying to I'm suggesting that the Americans uh, should uh, be thinking about this and uh, uh, the process is as follows. You take a, take a coin such as a, a one-ounce one coin of pure silver. Now, you could also do this with a, a half-an-ounce coin of silver or a quarter-ounce of silver or a tenth of an ounce. But it should be part of, a, of an ounce because an ounce is a fixed quantity, is a fixed weight. And when you're dealing with silver, you want to relate the coin to a fixed amount of silver, so that uh, when you have, when you hear the the value of silver, you know how much your coin is going to be worth. You have an idea. Governments have a tendency to redefine their currency. You know, for instance, the British pound a uh, hundred years ago was. 7.32 grams of pure gold. 
And today, it's about 10 grams of, pr- of brass. So <laughs> you see, it's still called a pound, but the definition has changed. And that's you, you, you bought a pound. Uh, oh, sorry, you bought an old British pound while you were here. Yes. How, much, how much did that cost you? It cost me 245 pounds <laughs> of a current pounds. That just shows you what has been done to you, your currency over the course of 100 years. <clears throat> but the process is simple. You take an ounce or a quarter ounce or a half an ounce of silver and then what, find out what the spot price is. Uh, I'm talking about the mint. The mint mm-hmm. finds out what, the, what is the spot price for, for the silver or the treasury, let's say. The treasury finds out that the price of, uh, of silver is um, 18 pounds. Um, I think me, it's about 18 pounds 50 an ounce, something like that. Yes, well, 18 pounds 50 an ounce. I, I made a, a calculation uh, uh, using prices as of December 1, 2010, but they haven't changed much since then. How much did you say, 1850? Yeah. Yes, the spot price of silver... Let's say it's 18 pounds and 36 cents. Okay. Add 50 cents for uh, minting, that gives you 18 pounds and 86 cents. Now multiply that by 1.1 to give the the mint or the treasury a profit of 10%, and you arrive at at a value of 20 pounds and 74 pence. But... You don't want to use that that uh, that number for monetizing the the coin because it's hard to remember. Mm-hmm. Huh? So it's better to round it out and round it up to twenty one pounds, so that that the one ounce coin would be worth twenty one pounds as money. You could take this coin, which would have no other no other value engraved upon it. It would have to be a silver coin with the symbols of. Uh, of, uh, Britain, of the Queen, yeah. Yes, the Queen, etc. But no value engraved, just the quote. The Treasury would give a quote to this coin that would be broadcast over television, through the banking system, through the newspapers, and everyone would know that that coin is worth 21 pounds, and you can pay with that coin, you can pay any bill. You could deposit that coin for 21 pounds in the bank, and you could... Uh, you would liquidate any debt or make any purchase you wanted with that coin. Okay, that. so you print you print the stamp of England, you print the weight of the uh, silver on the coin. You engrave it, you, yes. You, sorry, when I say print, I mean engrave it. Uh, but you don't you don't print twenty one pounds on no, the coin. No, no. Why? Because silver is going to go up, and when silver goes up, and is worth more than twenty one pounds per ounce then that coin would go out of circulation. It would be melted down. Because the Treasury would lose money every time they printed and a they, coin. They couldn't mint that coin. They'd lose money every time they made, they'd mint that coin, you see. So how, how, so at the beginning of the year, say, you would announce that, that, that the silver coin is worth £21. And, the, and every time the price of silver rises sufficiently to affect the profit of the Treasury... Yeah then they issue a new quote. It might come a week later, it might come a month later. It might ah, can, you can uh, it that quickly? Yes, because you have only a 10% and, and the silver can rise 10% in a few days. Okay, so silver goes up 
ten percent. So what was twenty one pounds? You suddenly announce it's twenty one fifty. Yeah, or twenty three pounds. Yeah, or twenty three pounds. Okay, depending on the on the on the amount of the rise. Okay, see. so it could be a series of small steps from twenty one, twenty one fifty. Next day, twenty two. Next day, twenty two fifty depends on the, the the speed of the rise. And and what happens in the event that silver falls? Nothing happens. So that Nothing silver happens. coin still buys you twenty three pounds worth of goods. That's right, exactly. That's the way money is. So even though there might be eighteen pounds worth of silver in that coin today, if there's only thirteen pounds in it tomorrow, uh, it still buys you twenty three pounds worth of. That's coin. right. That's right. Okay. Money has a, silver money has always was has been that way. Uh, ever since uh, the late 19th century and up until the middle of the 20th century when all the silver money went out of circulation all over the world. The silver money that was in circulation in the world up to the, after the Second World War did not contain the full amount of silver that was represented on the coin. It mm-hmm. contained less do, 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 have you grasped? Have, yeah. have you understood yeah, what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In other words, you had uh, what silver coinage did you have in England? Uh, Can you tell me that? Uh, uh, we well, there are, there is there was some silver in old shillings, in our old shillings, and uh-huh. in our various smaller denominations. Yes, uh, up to about forty-five, right? Perhaps nineteen forty. Yes, I, I'm. I'm afraid I'm not entirely sure of that, Hugo. Uh-huh. Uh, but, but it there wasn't was until about 1940 because I've got some old Georgian coins which would have been pre World War Two, and they have silver in them. But but I think it's something like 50 percent silver or That's something. That's right. Yeah. But they still had silver. Yeah. Well, the price due to inflation, you see, those coins went out of circulation because that, even that 50 percent of, of silver rose to such an extent that it was uneconomic to continue minting those coins. I'm going to show you here uh, something interesting. I, I've got a. So it really doesn't matter if the price of silver falls. Absolutely, I understand because, in fact, it's kind of a half commodity money. I call it's, it a hybrid. Exactly. There you go. It's it's kind of half commodity money, yes. half fiat currency. Yeah. Now, now purists don't like what I'm doing, what I'm proposing. They want silver money to be pure silver, and that uh, it can't be done. We have to have a number. Today we live by numbers. We live. We judge the value of things by numbers. If you're going to buy a raincoat, you compare uh, the, what is the value of this one and the value of the other one, and which which gives me the most benefits. You have to have a number. There are so many things to buy that you have to have a number to know wh- mm-hmm. how to navigate, how to how to distribute the funds you have, and you, that's why money, silver money, has to have a number, but not an engraved number. Yeah. Because you put an engraved number, you're you're going to send it to the refinery in uh, two or three years because the price of silver is rising. One of the things that I guess would happen is that people would prefer these coins to a piece of paper. Absolutely. So people would start hoarding the coins and spending the paper. That's right. And that's what we want them to do. We'll want, we want the population of the world, of all the countries in the world, in these years where the fiat money system is breaking down, it's imperative that people have silver money in their possession that will come become useful as the cri- financial crisis evolves. This financial crisis is not going to go away. It's not going to be resolved. If it, 
If it was going to be resolved, it would never have appeared in the first place. Why do we have a financial crisis? Nobody can. Everybody assures us that they're going to fix it, so there is not another one. But why was there this one in the first place? Well, I blame the system of banking money and credit. Of course, <laughs> of course. So this whole system is going to break down. It. In the meantime, we had best make our savings in something that will have value when everything has gone to pot. And this is a way of getting a lot of silver money into the hands of the people, not to their detriment, it will be their savings, and will be their lifeboat later on when they have to use this money. It will provide them the means of getting through the, 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 the crisis. How sure are you that this system is going to break down? Absolutely. It can't it cannot possibly endure. This system is is vitiated. It's it ha, it is baseless and it has worked on the basis of of a, a fraudulent deception of the people of not educating them, of not allowing them to understand, of deliberately misinforming people and not allowing the truth of the of the of the system to be understood that it's not going to work it has never worked this is fake money we're using in the world today it's an experiment that began 40 years ago and the experiment is breaking down and i think we're about one third of the way into the breakdown and the breakdown will be complete when you say one third when when did the breakdown begin two or three it, years ago yes we're about one third in but i don't mean to say that we're that we're going to be uh, that, that, that in 10 years this will be it may take longer it may take another 20 years of agony but it's going to be worse every time we're not going to see recovery we're going to see momentary recoveries and everybody's going to be happy and then six months later we find that there was no recovery and we have other problems the thing is the thing is unwinding do you think central bankers know this do you think they know what they're doing I, th I think some of them know what, they're, what is happening and some don't, but nobody's saying it. And that's, that's the problem. And this is not the first time this has happened. There's been fiat money. There was a fiat money experiment in France in 1790. And the, a great American scholar, president of Cornell, he wrote an excellent little book on that. You can read it in, uh, in a couple of days, you'll read that book. It's called Fiat Money, Inflation in France. And one of the most interesting things that he points out... Well, what's the name of the author? Andrew Dixon White. His book is Fiat Money, Inflation in France. One of the most interesting things that I have found in that book, rereading it recently, is that nobody who was responsible for the great calamity of inflation in France during those years of revolution and fiat money, not one of them ever admitted that it was a failure and had caused immense suffering and impoverishment of France. Not one of them had the vision or honesty to recognize his mistake. The whole thing ended thanks to Napoleon, who shooed them all off the stage and began to pay all the government bills and his army and everything with gold. That he was a very great man in that sense. He got rid of all these impostors, and 
declared that from then on he would pay in gold. But today we don't have a, a, a man with that with that power. So we're we're going to go on and on and on with this system, perhaps ten, twenty years, until the the world has simply ground to a practically to a stop. And then some country or group of countries will perhaps decide that they no longer sell anything to anybody except for gold. Bang. That's in the middle of chaos. Somebody may take that decision, but I don't want to, us to wait for that time to come to pass. We have to prepare ourselves, and we have to perhaps derail the present system, or stop it, or make it uh, uh, recognize the need of the people for real money and to begin to su supply us worldwide with real money, so that we can in some way mitigate this crisis by inserting real money back in into circulation and i think that money would be silver not gold what you're what you're i'm going to pick you up on that in just a second but what you're suggesting in other words is a is rather than a uh, a black and white right we're stopping using fiat money we're using gold what you're suggesting is a is a way of making a gradual transition that's right that's right we have to make a transition which will, will allow things to continue to operate at the same time that we're putting tens of millions of ounces of coinage, as I say, either in one ounce or half ounce or quarter ounce. doesn't matter. But the people should have this real money, and that is going to change the mentality of people. When they see the difference that it is to hold a 21-pound silver coin in their hand and to have a note that says 20 pounds on the other hand they're going to say that they're going to know immediately in, intuitively one is better money than the other why silver and not gold because you can't do with sil with gold what i propose to be done with with uh, with uh, with silver you can't put a monetary value on a silver coin. If the authority does that, they're not putting a, a, a higher value. Let's say a one-ounce coin mm -hmm. that is worth, let's say right now, a, a, a one-ounce gold coin is worth 850 pounds. Yeah. Right, Marta? Suppose the Treasury decides to mint some gold coins and put 1,000 pounds on it. You know what happens? They've devalued the pound. They haven't. They haven't given a new monetary value to gold. They have devalued the pound. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. You don't understand. Exactly. I do. But if they if they follow your same process that you said, where they put one ounce one ounce gold coin on on the on the coin, and then every week according to the gold price, or every month or whatever. No, 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 no. At the moment that you put a price that is over the market price on a gold coin. You're devaluing your your pound system. You're you're devaluing the pound because the gold is superior to the pound. Okay, so why why is silver not doing that? Because very simple, gold gold is gold and its worth is depends on its weight and purity. And any in any shape or form, gold is desirable if it comes in the form of a ring, an earring, a coin, a bar makes no difference 
but doesn't that doesn't hold with silver a silver coin is useful as a coin because you can use it for commerce on the other hand if you take silver is sold in 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 thousand in thousand ounce bars suppose you have a, a thousand ounces in coins you have you can spend one by one and you can you use each coin individually what do you do with a bullion coin that that weighs a, a thousand ounces it's not useful to you you can it's you, you find it hard to liquidate you have to liquidate it all at the same time and its value is fluctuating mm-hmm. in other words bullion silver is different from gold you can use a a a, a, a you can use say uh, 13 pounds of gold to make a 20 pound coin yeah I see. You see. I suppose it's back to the old thing, really, um, that, that silver what? is better as a day-to-day form of money, yes. and yes. gold is is better as a store of wealth. Say, say you have, say you have ten pounds of silver, pure silver, in a twenty-pound coin. Theoretically, if you turn in all those, you turn in uh, a thousand of those coins, uh, you would get uh, twenty thousand pounds. And you could go and buy a whole lot of silver with that, mm-hmm. two times as much, but it wouldn't be in the form of coins. So it's not money. It's not money. It's not as useful to you. The value is there, but you can't use it as money. Mm-hmm. You see what I mean? Yeah, I do. I do. I do. Yes. So, so people are not going to do that. So I, I tell you, we, we uh, explain the – now, Britain, do you know how many mines there are in, in England at the moment? Of anything. Well, there's coal mines. No, there's not anymore. Not in England. Not a single. There's one. not in there's there, in in Scotland and Wales. I, I think there is not one mine in the UK in England now. Doesn't make any difference. Anyway, well, this is what I want to address next. What about the fact that we don't produce any silver? So we, we have to phone up um, Peñoles or someone and and buy some silver. Very simple. Uh, the Treasury. I prefer to think of the Treasury and not the Central Bank or Bank of England doing this. The Treasury should do it. This, this is a state function. The state should recover the the function of creating money and not leave it in the hands of the banks. It's been a disaster. Uh, the the Royal Mint or the Treasury decides to buy a hundred tons of uh, of uh, silver. Mm-hmm. All right, it buys a hundred tons of silver. How is it going to pay for them? Well, it would have to pay with pounds. It doesn't have the, the, the British Treasury is not in good condition, right? And it doesn't have the money to spare, and it don't, don't want to do it, right? Can't it just print the money and pay for the silver? That's inflationary. They should be doing that, but they can do it this in, in another way. They come to an agreement with the sellers of the with the sellers of the coins. They say, well. You, we will mint a hundred tons, and we will pay you with, in British pounds, the the value of the. Of the we'll pay you the British in British pounds the value of that silver, right? Mm-hmm. And when it comes to time to pay, what they give the miners back is, uh, is a whole is eighty seven about something what. About eighty-seven tons, eighty-seven and a half tons of coins of silver pound coins. Of silver pound coins as payment. They're worth. That's what they're worth. They take those eighty-seven 
tons of coins and give them to the banks and say to the banks, here's my deposit, credit my account. Yeah. The banks receive the coins, and what do they do with them? They turn around and sell them to the public, which is going to be making a line three blocks long to get one of those coins. Okay. A queue, you call them a queue. Yeah, queue, a line will do. I know what yes. you mean. <laughs> you see, so you don't have to have, very a, good at queuing you don't have, to have a silver uh, a silver mine to coin silver. You can purchase the silver and pay for it with the minted silver. Okay, and, and in it fact, leaves, you, make, you make 13 tons on the trade. Yes, that's a profit for the treasury. Okay, and so that that so um, that that's the ratio, is it? Eighty-seven percent, more or less. Yes. Yeah. No, these are suggested. That's by the time you factor in minting costs to profit for the treasury, rounding it up to the nearest yes, number right. and everything that no, you described earlier. No, on. these are suggestions, though. Yeah, they want to make more profit. They multiply not by one point one. They might multiply by one point two. Then they make twenty percent. Those are things which are. Not for me to decide. These are, these are my suggestions as to how it should be done. I think a 10% profit is convenient because it allows for a frequent revaluation instead of waiting for a large amount, a larger, a, a larger increase in the price of silver. In other words, you can have mm, more frequent rises in the price of uh, in the value of the coin. I don't know. Does this make uh, sense? Or it makes total. It well? makes total sense to me. And what I think is going to happen is if a country takes up your idea, uh, it could open... Once one country does it, you might find every country... Because, for example, let's say... um, I don't know, let's say France did it. Then you might find throughout... Well, actually, that's not a good example because of the euro. Let's say... But they could do it. Let's say uh, Sweden does it. Uh, It has an independent currency, the Uh krona. You might find everyone from Norway, Denmark, Finland, all it, uh, tr- buying krona because they want they want the, the silver coins, and that would push up the price of the, the Swedish currency. So, um, and, and you know, you know, there's this kind of battle going on to competitively devalue your currency. But so people would buy the people would buy the the coin. They would buy the local currency in order to buy the um, to buy the silver coin, mm-hmm. uh-huh. and you think that would bid up the price of the, but of the potentially. Uh, I, I don't potentially. know. Potentially, mm-hmm. but they're also selling it. They're using. They're buying the currency, but they're selling it right back to get the silver coin. Maybe. I mean, you uh, might all find it, but once one country does it, you might find yes. other countries no. follow suit. I mean, if China. What if China did it? I think that would be very healthy for them. But let me go. Let me mention what would happen if several countries tried to do this at the same time. It would be a great thing. There's only one thing that would have to be sacrificed, and that would be the rounding up. All it would take would be a meeting that would take one afternoon. But if bureaucrats are going to do it, you can be sure it would take them six months mm-hmm. at the minimum. All they have to do is to agree. All right, we're going to use the spot price at such a date. Okay, spot price. And we're going to, to to charge so much for for minting, so much for minting. All everybody going to charge the same for minting, and we're going to mark it up with the same seniors. Has everybody agreed? Everybody agreed. So we come to a price that is compatible with the exchange rate in mm-hmm. different countries. We don't round it up. Don't round it up. Then you'd have to have you'd have the inconvenience of 
of having to have a, co a coin that might, might be 20 pounds and 74 pence, you see. But you have to have it that way in order to have the whole system work. Because it's as if, what is the worth of a pound in euros? It's not an even number. It's a. It's a. Do, yeah. Do, 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 do you yeah, know? It fluctuates. It, it, it fluctuates, and it's not an even number. Mm -hmm. it, for the same reason, we couldn't have even numbers assigned to the to the value of the coin in different places. But the value would all would all relate to the same basis, and then you'd have a common currency based on silver. I want to ask you two questions. The that, first one... Is that, is that clear? Or yeah, no, clear? that makes absolute sense. Okay. But you talked about a common currency there. Uh, we've heard rumours of, of an Amero, a common currency between Canada, Mexico, and, and the US. Do you think that's just a pipe dream? or do you Well, think that's God a... forbid. Because <laughs> what that would mean would be... Well, would mean that, that, that Mexico is simply absorbed and that we now have a dollar, uh, a dollar currency. That's, uh, that's just a... Uh, that, that is just a, a maneuver to introduce the dollar into into Mexico under a disguised, call it something else, so that the banks in the United States could send ten credit cards to every single Mexican and and introduce enormous amounts of credit that would enslave the population forever with debts. Okay. Because we use the same currency, you see. They're just hungry to find customers whom they can enslave with debt. You're a very influential man in, in Mexico. You're at the head of a very influential family. How much of a, are the Mexican authorities listening to you? How much of a chance have you got of getting this through? I think we have a good chance because they ha I haven't convinced them. The idea has convinced them. The idea is, has been accepted it's it, you find more and more people here and there they, they tell me every day I meet people and say hey how's that going that's a good I think when when are we going to see this they're asking me the same thing you are the idea is now accepted it's been around for a while at first it seemed very hard to understand how could the coin not go down when the price of silver goes down yeah, for instance mm -hmm. finally that's gotten across Finally, the idea that it's a means of, of protecting family savings. That's gotten across. And, and, and the idea has become legitimate. So there's a good chance we may see it. I can't promise you anything. But Have you had meetings with the Treasury there? or? Well, n no, I try. and I don't uh, think it's uh, conducive to anything to speak with the central bank because the central bank has has been obtuse they don't want to they don't want to think they don't want to consider anything that there's not uh, uh, in the in the uh, already in the in the book of how to run a central bank this is something that has never been done and they don't want to do anything that has never been done they only want to do what is everybody else is doing this is the way they think Mm -hmm. so they're, they're, they're followers and they're not leaders that's right ok now Hugo is there anything in your presentation that we haven't covered that, that, that springs to mind or, or have we covered it all well what I would like to, to mention that the whole world is in the grips 
is in the grip of a of a monopoly of the creation of money and the only money that humans are allowed to have on this world at this time is paper money or digital money which is not even not even visible it's imaginary money and i think that the introduction of silver is very important because it punctures that monopoly it 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 breaks the monopoly it breaks a paradigm you know it's a fancy word but it the paradigm means uh, the the established principle mm-hmm. that's the paradigm the established principle which is really a, a, an aberration which began 40 years ago it breaks that monopoly by showing by giving people real tangible silver money that has some worth as a great part of its monetary value is is intrinsic in in silver that contains so i think that puncturing that monopoly is a very important step forward for the world and for the benefit of the people of the world well I couldn't agree more and uh, Hugo Salinas Price it's been an absolute joy and a pleasure talking to you and thanks so much for for sparing your valuable time well, for, for me and my listeners and it's my pleasure to to talk about this and thank you for your interest and in giving me this opportunity D- don't mention it and what what I'll do is I'll post a link to your essay uh, on the website and perhaps also um I'll put this the slides up so that people can read the slides as you, well you might put my website too it's www.plata dot com dot mx plata you know in spanish means silver but it also means money in some mm-hmm. places yes and the and my articles there uh, you can be found in english as well as in spanish excellent stuff plata dot com dot mx that's right hugo salinas price thank you very much thank you very much don Frisbee's Bulls and Bears is presented and produced by Dominic Frisbee. To discuss the markets and have your say, why not visit our forum at globaledgeinvestors.com. That's globaledgeinvestors.com. To join our mailing list so you can be updated as soon as a new show is posted, please email info at dominicfrisbee.net or simply subscribe through iTunes. 